calling people to follow him. We pray that you'll continue as you do uh, to call people to follow you. And we pray that we'll uh, play our part in that as your people here in Accrington. For your praise and for your glory. Amen. So today, our confidence before God should be in Jesus, not in the things that we do, but in him alone. We have life in Jesus, and because of that, because of what Jesus has done for us, we can stand confidently before God. We looked last week at life together, so if our confidence is in Jesus, then we are brought together into his body, which is the church. And each member of the body has been gifted to serve uh, others. You'll remember that uh, we looked at how that uh, being part of the body means that we belong to one another. And as we worship God, uh, that begins by serving the body uh, in humility. And so this week, our final week, uh, we come to think of life for all and what that means. You'll have seen the adverts that are on TV or, on the, or in the newspapers or on the billboards or wherever of companies using celebrities to advertise and endorse their products. There's one that I see on the TV all the time with Sir Ian Botham, the cricketing legend. I love that because it's cricket and I love cricket. So to see Ian Botham up there uh, is brilliant. Uh, and companies do that all the time, don't they? They use celebrities to endorse their products. But there is nothing better uh, than having that personal uh, endorsement from somebody we know, a real, ordinary person, not a celebrity that we might never meet. And so to have the endorsement of the best Indian takeaway in Accrington from somebody who's actually been to Accrington and eaten a takeaway is far better than any celebrity endorsement. Lara was told by one of her friends to watch this amazing TV show, Happy Valley. Some of you may have seen it. I've never, never watched it, never seen it. But she started to watch that because one of her friends said, you must watch this. Her friend endorsed this TV show and so... Uh, she went ahead uh, and watched it. Celebrity endorsements are great, but there is something uh, better in a personal uh, endorsement from somebody that we know. And so this morning uh, in our reading, we have uh, that personal, that ordinary person uh, going and speaking about Jesus uh, to others, that personal endorsement of uh, Jesus, they're not celebrities, they're not employed spokespeople, they are just ordinary people. And so our passage begins the next day, the last of a series of next days in John chapter 1. The day before we have uh, John the Baptist and two of his disciples, and as Jesus walks by, John says, look, there is the Lamb of God. And as you read it in verse 41, it's uh, in the verses before our reading this morning, uh, we're told that it was the first thing that he did. He heard about Jesus and followed Jesus, and the first thing he did was to go and find Simon, his brother, and tell him 
about Jesus. And then Simon, uh, and then Andrew takes Simon to meet uh, Jesus. And then the next day, our uh, verses this morning, we have Philip, where Jesus says to Philip, come and follow me. And Philip follows. And then what does Philip do? He goes to share that good news with someone else. He goes to find uh, Nathaniel. Uh, and when he found him, verse 45, he said, we have found the, the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth the son of Joseph. After meeting Jesus and after following him, Philip then goes to tell somebody else about Jesus. He's found the Messiah. He's found the one that the Old Testament spoke of. He believes that this person, Jesus, is the one that they spoke about, the Old Testament uh, prophets, and then he follows. And we get this sense of excitement uh, as Philip then goes off to find Nathaniel. He's uh, found Jesus. Jesus is good news for all people, uh, and he doesn't keep that good news to himself. Instead, he goes uh, and shares it. I wonder if you've ever had good news. What did you do with that good news? Did you keep it to yourself? Did you keep it a secret? Or did you go and tell somebody the good news that you've got? I remember when we found out that we were having our first child when Emmy was uh, going to be born. Uh, I had the, um, the scan picture on my phone uh, ready to tell anyone that would listen the good news that we were having our first child. We don't keep good news to ourselves, especially when it's good news about Jesus and the Messiah and what he came to do. They didn't keep it. They went and shared it. And so that's what Philip did. He went and found Nathaniel to tell him the good news. But then we get this sort of underwhelming response in verse 46. Nazareth, can anything good come from there? It's not the greatest response that you'd want as you go and share good news with somebody. Uh, Philip has gone and said, look, we found the Messiah. Uh, and Nathaniel is there. Well, really? Can anything good come from there? He's clearly got a low opinion uh, of the place. Uh, and he would know because he knew the scriptures that uh, the Messiah wouldn't come from Nazareth. That's not the place where the Messiah was to come. And so we can sort of understand in one sense that, oh, we've got Philip here. He's found the Messiah, but he's from Nazareth. Nothing good uh, would come from there. The Messiah would certainly not come from Nazareth. But then we get this brilliant response from Philip. Come and see. Come and see. He doesn't get into an argument or a debate with Nathaniel. He doesn't say, you're wrong. Stop being so silly. Stop being foolish. He says, come and see. Come and see for yourself. And so, that Jesus approaches 
And he says uh, of Nathanael, here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were un still under the fig tree before Philip that called you. Before Nathanael uh, gets to know Jesus at all, Jesus already knows Nathanael. It's amazing that we see Jesus' sort of supernatural knowledge of Nathanael. Even when we're not aware of it, Jesus sees. He sees us. He sees our hearts. Even when we don't see God, he is there, fully aware of all that is happening. And so Nathaniel sees Jesus. And then he declares, verse 49, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. We see that sort of uh, disbelief disappear and is replaced with belief in Jesus. This surely is the promised one to whom the scriptures spoke about. It's a wonderful passage uh, and it's wonderful because it's so simple. It's, it, all Philip does is go and say, I found Jesus. This is who he is. Why don't you come and see him for yourself? We have Philip inviting someone to come and see Jesus. And he does. And he believes. Uh, and he follows. And then Jesus says in verse 50, You believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. And surely he would see greater things. In the next chapter, uh, what does Jesus do? He turns water into wine at a wedding feast. They would see uh, his teachings, uh, the way that he taught with such authority, an authority that had never been seen before. He would heal uh, many people with sickness and disease, those who were demon-possessed. He would feed huge crowds uh, with just a, a small number uh, of fish and bread. They would see his authority over nature, over creation. Uh, and they would ultimately see his power and authority. They would see his greatness as he died and he rose to life. They certainly would see greater things. Uh, but it goes beyond Nathaniel. The you in that verse is plural. He's saying, uh, not just you, Nathaniel, but all of you will see greater things than these. And then Jesus adds at the end, very truly I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. It's a reference back to the Old Testament, to Genesis 28, and the dream and vision that Jacob had. He sees a ladder reaching from the ground of the earth up to the heavens where the Lord is, and he sees the angels ascending and descending. What we see, I think, is a parallel between Jacob and Jesus. 
because there's no mention of the ladder uh, in this reference here in John chapter 1. And so what I think uh, is going on here uh, is that this parallel of the angels ascending and descending on Jacob is what is happening, uh, will happen for the Son of Man, uh, for Jesus. And the Son of Man is a reference to the Messiah. Uh, and so he's saying that the, the, this promise of the Messiah will be confirmed uh, by heaven. That just as uh, the Jews honored Jacob, the father of the, uh, the 12 tribes, now everyone must recognize who Jesus is, that he is the Messiah, and they must honor him. Jesus is the one uh, that was spoken about in the Old Testament. He has been appointed by God as the Messiah, and he's here uh, to fulfill that work. So Philip follows Jesus, and then he goes and invites Nathaniel to come and see that he might also follow Jesus, the Messiah. Doesn't this bring us comfort and confidence? We don't all have to be Billy Grahams. And I know many of you went to his crusades uh, years ago. We don't all have to be like that where we stand in front of thousands and thousands of people uh, declaring Jesus the Messiah. We can be Phillips and Andrews who go and invite people to come and see. We can all share the good news and we can do it uh, through invitation by inviting people to come and see who Jesus is. As you know, we're a part of this course leading your church into growth. And one of the points in that course is about invitation. Uh, and the line that they say uh, we could all use, that they use, is this uh, about invitation. I'm going, it's going to be good, would you like to come? Simple as that. Inviting people to come and see Jesus. I'm going, it's going to be good, would you like to come? And we as a church have lots of things that we do and run and put on where we can use that to invite people to come and see Jesus. Because don't we want that? Don't we want people to see Jesus for who he is? That he is the Savior, that he is God's Messiah. Don't we want people to turn to Jesus in repentance and faith and find life in him? And we have a part to play. And that part that we can all do is to invite people to come and see. Come and see for yourself. Don't we want those people who come to Breakfast Club, those people who come to our fireworks event, those people who come to our toddler groups and other things, don't we want them to come and see who Jesus is? that they might put their faith and their trust in him. There's a statistic that says 86% of people who come to church uh, came because they were invited by somebody else. That's a huge number of people who came through invite. And so let's be people of invitation. Let's invite people to come and see and meet the good news uh, that is Jesus.
let's invite people to come and see ourselves, our own lives, and see how Jesus has transformed them. Let's invite people uh, to come and see uh, Jesus in the Bible. Let's invite people, uh, would you like to come and read the Bible with me and hear about who this Jesus is? Again, there was a survey done uh, where it says that one in four people will say yes to reading the Bible if they were asked. One in four people. Do you know four people? Because one of those, if you ask them, uh, would you like to read the Bible and know more about Jesus, to hear who he is, uh, will say yes. We don't need to be Bible scholars to sit and open the Bible with somebody. We can open up John's gospel and read uh, and they can see and you can see together who Jesus is. There's a brilliant resource that I forgot to bring called The Word One-to-One. And it goes through John's gospel and it gives you all that you need uh, to sit and read the Bible uh, with somebody. At the end of John's gospel, uh, we read this, uh, chapter 20, verse 30. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. What a great way it is to show people who Jesus is as we read the Bible with people. Let's invite people to come and see, and as we do that, let's be praying. Let's be praying that God would give us those opportunities to invite people to come and see, and let's, let's pray uh, that God uh, would be at work in those people that they might hear uh, and receive Jesus. It's Jesus who calls people uh, and he's still doing that today. And so let's invite people to come and see and let's be uh, in prayer, praying that God will be at work. Hebrews nine twenty-seven tells us, just as people are destined to die once and after that to face judgment. If we believe that, then surely that inspires us to go and invite people to come and see for themselves who Jesus is. Let's be like Philip. Let's be like Andrew. As we follow Jesus, as we live life with him, as we live life together, let's go and share that life for all by inviting people to come and see that Jesus, the one who died and rose again, that all who hear might believe and trust in him and that God might be glorified as his kingdom is built here in Accrington and across the world. Let's pray. Father, we give you thanks and praise for Jesus. Thank you that he is the one who was promised. The one who would come as the saviour. The one who would give his life for his people. We thank you that all who believe and trust in him have life. We thank you that all 
who have life a part of your body. So Father, we pray that you'll inspire us this morning to go as Philip went, to talk about the good news of Jesus and invite people to come and see for themselves that they too might have life in him. So Father, we pray that you'll give us boldness and courage, that we will be an inviting people, and that as we go about that work, may you be at work in people's hearts and minds, that as they hear about Jesus, they might turn to him in repentance and faith and find life. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.